Welcome to the Amir Estimo podcast. If you are a business owner, this podcast is for you. Each week, Amir will interview business owners who will share their story, ideas, and tips on how to overcome the anxiety, fears, and stress of being an entrepreneur. Hopefully, this podcast will help you get over your fears and inspire you to accomplish your goals and dreams so you can live a life of purpose and fulfillment. You are listening to the Amir Estimo podcast. Mr. Alex Productions. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today and hopefully you're having a great day. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Amir Estimo podcast, where today's show, where this month, the September is life insurance month. And I thought this guest would be a great uh, addition to the show. She comes with a lot of experience in the financial services world. She's a mentor of mine, financial advisor, and a great friend. She currently resides in Florida. She um, an author, public speaker. She currently has a book that's on Amazon called The Money Game, Nine Steps to Get Out of Debt and Live Your Dream Life. She's also a business owner, Deluxe Lifestyle Strategies, her speaking, speaking and coaching business, where she helps people accomplish their goals and dreams through financial literacy and securing vehicles that will get them there quicker. Everyone, welcome to the show, Jen Fitzgerald. Thank you very much. Hi, Mary. thank you. Hi, Jen, how are you doing today? I am amazing, as always. How are you? Thank you, thank you, I'm doing great, doing great. It's currently scattered scattered raining here in Texas, but it's uh, another day, right? Right? We all gotta get rain, otherwise we don't have flowers. Yes, and it helps with cooling down the earth too. <laughs> yes. So, Jen, um, curious. I noticed uh, on your Facebook you were from California. So, how did you go from California to Florida? Uh, that's always a fun story. I was actually a professional ballerina for my first career. So, I left home actually at 15 and went to a boarding school in Massachusetts. And when I graduated, I got my first job at Pennsylvania Ballet in Philadelphia. And then I got my next job at Illinois Ballet. And my last job was at Sarasota Ballet. So, I've kind of, it's kind of like professional football, you know? Like yeah. You got to go where the job is. You can't stay stationary and have the job come to you. So, it allowed me the opportunity to travel a lot. Um, in between all of those, the, the uh, professional company contracts, I did a lot of freelance work and got to travel throughout the United States as well as going to the Caribbean islands and Japan. Oh, wow. So you're well diverse in traveling. So what's one of the, of, what place that you visit you really enjoy? Oh, Japan was hands down probably my favorite trip. Um, as far as, you know, something that my work took me on, um, although I do still get to travel for my work now, we do a lot of, uh, um, trips to 
commemorate good things in our company, recognition awards and things like that. So getting to travel around uh, the country and uh, cruises and things like that. Um, Germany was actually one of my favorite places as well. I just love to travel. So one of my goals in life is to visit absolutely every place on the planet before I am gone. Oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a wonderful dream there because there's so much of this world that we don't see. And if we stay in our little cocoon of where we're located, where we reside, you don't get to really expand that growth zone and get to really experience different cultures. So that's awesome that the fact that uh, you've been so well diverse in um, well well diverse in um in traveling. So uh, being being in Japan, I've never been to Japan, so that's uh that's on a bucket list of mine. So uh, when things get better down the road here, then um that can open the floodgates for traveling again, right? Exactly. Uh, what place have you haven't been to that you would like to go? Oh, and like I said, everywhere that I haven't mentioned so far, uh, I would love for Ireland is definitely a must do just because of my heritage. Um, I have been to Germany many times, which is the other half of my heritage, um, but literally absolutely everywhere in the world. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um, let's talk about your, so I, you're an author of a book. As I stated earlier in the show, the money game, nine steps to get out of debt and live your life dream. What, is, what inspired you to write this book? Well, my own journey, honestly, I have, and it's actually kind of outlined in the book where I started many years ago, I'm going to say almost going on close to 15 years ago, I believe, when I was in kind of financial distress. I had already been a business owner a few times and I had just lost a really, really large business, $250,000 investment into wow. a, a full service day spa because my career after dance was massage therapy and I was feeling lost in finances. You know, I thought I had a good plan and of course I think I did, unfortunately, 2008 occurred very shortly after we opened that business, but because of the financial struggles that I went through, it kind of led me to find some different people along a very straight path. Ever since I've been on that path, I've been on the path of learning more and more about money and then ultimately starting my business where I actually teach the things that I have learned over the last 15 years about money. So that's basically, the book is, is a very basic overview of the last 15 years of my knowledge and how I got that knowledge and how I applied the knowledge and how others can apply it as well. Oh my, okay. Yeah, that's good to know. So as far as that, you hear the stories of entrepreneurs and small business owners, the, the struggles and the lessons that you they learn. And it seems like there's been like a recurring theme that there's always some sort of failure where they had to learn from it and then progress. So as far as you, what lessons did you learn from as far as the, the business failure when, when you started? Was that your first business? No, it wasn't my first business. Um, it was just the, the, the big one that taught me all the lessons, like you're saying. Um, and that's when, of course, they, you, know, you learn that slogan, as long as you fail forward, you're doing good, right? Yes. Fall down on your back, so at least you can see to get up again. 
and keep going because all highly successful business owners have failed and some of them many times over, you know, Disney himself went bankrupt like many times. I can't remember the exact amount, but he went bankrupt numerous times before he made it big with the actual Disney productions. Um, and that's the case for a lot of successful business owners, people who are entrepreneurs have that drive to go out there and start businesses. Um, my financial coaching business is actually my fifth business. Okay. Um, I'm, I mean, I've enjoyed all of them. Some people I've had in my past say that, uh, I've always, always doing something different, which I kind of beg to differ because most of my businesses were pretty long-term you know, 10 to 15 years for each of my businesses that I've done. And I still have two of them currently. Um, so it's not really, you know, I'm not bouncing around. I'm doing the average because the average person does go through for about four or five businesses throughout their lifetime. Yes. So, you know, there, there's learning lessons in everything. And, you know, I've, I have a college degree in business management and I would definitely say that that is a very useful degree although not necessary. <laughs> um, a lot of the lessons that I learned in business didn't really come from my college education, unfortunately. <laughs> but there were some good things that I got out of that as well. So if anyone is in college, I would suggest business as a rounded something that you can take that will help you in just about everything you do, not just business, but in your personal life as well, as far as how you run your household. Oh man, so that that was actually going to be a question of mine because that you mentioned the business management because that's always uh, you always when you you get out of college I mean not college you get out of high school and then you're trying to figure out what's the next step and but seeing you you still had the business management degree that it was still applicable to what you were doing so some will say going to college is a waste of time some will say that hey college is a great experience and there's there's some things you can learn that you could apply in real world lessons, right? So the fact that that still was applicable, applicable to you, that um, really goes to show you that college has its, it has its cons and it has its pros, but it's really just deciding what's best for you. Absolutely, I mean, I, I have three college degrees and I still use at least some of all of them. Um, one of them was a technical business degree and then my regular business management degree. And then I also have a degree in graphic design and internet marketing. So I use all of those in all of my businesses that I've ever had. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not a pusher of college. I think that a lot of people are seeing that they don't have to go to college if they have the right information in front of them. Um, obviously there are some people that do have to go. I mean, if you're going to be an attorney or a doctor, you know, things that are very technical like that, you have to go. <laughs> um, yep. you can't get around that one, but there are definitely so many examples of people who are doing it, but you have to find, you still have to find someone to teach you, mm -hmm. you know, some of the, the quote unquote life lessons that I learned from my spa, um, going down you know, I don't know that I ever would have learned that from a college degree, the hard lessons that I learned, but I did learn some things from other people in the industry. You know, if I had had a mentor 
you know, I have a mentor in my business now and that's how I learn what I do now is from someone else who had already gone through the struggles. Um, so yeah, sometimes finding a mentor who has already accomplished what you want to accomplish is the best education out there. And I've, I've paid a lot of money for coaches and things like that. And people look at it and they're like, wow, that's really expensive to pay, you know, like five to $10,000 to have a coach that's going to train you. But, oh my gosh, like I, I just finished paying off all of my college degrees last year, which was super exciting. Um, but we're talking, you know, way more than $10,000 was invested into my college educations. So why would I think it's too expensive to invest something like that into a coach so long as you're finding the right coach, I will emphasize that because a lot of people go and they buy these courses and they're learning from somebody who's never actually done it or maybe they're not doing it anymore. And the way the economy shifts, especially right now, you know, business changes all the time. And if you don't adapt and learn, you could be starting a business that might have worked 20 years ago, but it absolutely won't today. So... I'm, I'm a big proponent of education. I'm constantly, constantly educating myself, reading books, taking classes, uh, finding new coaches in different subjects, always, always spending time learning more. Oh, man. So you had, there's lots of there, Jen. So you hit on a good one was mentor. I uh, talk mm -hmm. about paid courses. And it's crazy that um, the, like, even for me, being, I've spent a lot more money on college and so talking to someone like you saying that saying by getting a coach that coach could help cut down the amount of the amount of learning curve that you need especially for example let's say you know you went through the, uh, the when you um, lost your spa business therefore I'm pretty sure you went and got a coach to help you get it right the next time so you don't repeat the same mistake again so the, and the fact that like when we talk about financial literacy, is that something you think that everyone should really have as a financial coach? Because you think about it in the sports, there's a coach in every single team. So Absolutely. That, yeah, and I think having someone that's a financial coach that's gone through the experience and that can actually coach you. Um, and even for me, having you um, is, is help, it's helped me think of things differently. You know, so, and you're always knowledge sharing. So having that financial coach, going back to say, is, is it should be, that should be recommended to, everyone should have one. And, and, uh, and, I'm, and I totally agree with you as far as, far as being a big component of uh, courses. Um, and it better be stuff that you're actually interested in too. And not something you're just gonna pay for and then not apply it. So. The mentorship is, is, a, is a big one, Jim. And, and I'm learning even now, as you're going through, it's okay to learn from someone else. And everybody's time is valuable, right? So no one's just going to say, no one's just going to come coach you and then you're not going to put into actions. People do have time. So I understand why people do charge. But like you said, it better be someone that's experienced, that's actually gone through it, and that's actually active. So. Those were some key points there, Jen. Thank you on that. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, now this being uh, Life Insurance Month, I know um, I know with your experience with uh, 
uh, being in life insurance and, and helping people with um, getting their, like you said in your book, getting, getting out of debt mm -hmm. so they can live the life they dream of. Is, would you say life insurance is another vehicle of building wealth? Life insurance is definitely a proponent of it. Um, I wrote the book a year ago, so I can't actually remember which chapter it is, but there's one chapter that's very specifically on that. Um, there, there's obviously lots of different, what I call eggs in your basket. You know, when people talk about being diversified in, you know, your investments and things like that, they oftentimes think of different stocks being diversification, which is not actually true. Um, all stocks are one egg and then you know life insurance is one egg and then making sure you're out of debt is is making sure that that egg is empty <laughs> as it were um but having different kinds of investments and life insurance is absolutely a very large one if you look at um the the reports from general from ge general electric right you can pull up like the top 10 executives that work there because it's a public tra publicly traded company and you can notice that they all have two different kinds of retirement investment vehicles one of them is your standard 401k and because they are a big corporation everyone has to contribute and so the top corporate executives all contribute to their 401k, but at the absolute minimum that they're allowed. And then there's another vehicle that's in their report, and it's called a life insurance re retirement plan. And there are massive contributions to that plan on those 10 executives. And it's interesting because, you know, people will always say, well, you know, why am I not getting ahead? Well, maybe you're not doing the same things that the people who are getting ahead. You know, they say, you know, if you're, if you're, it's, it's a compliment to copycat someone actually, but only if you're copying the right cat, are you going to actually succeed in where you want to go? And that goes back to that finding the right mentor and the right coach who's doing or has done and all and still doing what you want to do. Um, same goes for investments. If you look at, um, um, there's a lot of highly successful people. If you look at, or I can't think of the book, there's two or three of them that are specifically about life insurance retirement plans. Um, you'll see it as an acronym, L-I-R-P, ALERP. ALERP, yeah. That's on David McMahon. David. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And David McKnight, there's a, quite a few people who talk about it. Um, you can look it up on YouTube all day long and learn more about how those specifically work. But they're basically permanent life insurance, permanent investment grade life insurance, so that people can utilize the way they're invested in the stock market. Um, they're not actually in the market, they mirror the stock market. Um, in an index strategy so that as you put money in, the money can go up with the stock market, but when the market is declining, it protects your principal so that you're not actually losing money. Um, it's just a different way of investing and life insurance, like I said, is just one more egg in your basket. And there's so many things about life insurance that so many people don't understand. You know, it used to be life insurance was what we now call death insurance. So you had to die and for, some, for someone else to get money. 
which is no fun to actually think about, right? I mean, of course, I want to take care of like my son, for example. I have things set up that he will have money and be financially set when I pass away. But what about me? What about my investment needs? What about my retirement? Things like that. And life insurance is definitely an area where people can grow their money and produce a really nice retirement income. Um, so, yes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great, great. Now, you mentioned permanent. I've always, I've always been under the assumption there is just there's um, term insurance. Um, so there is, there is different types of life insurance out there, right? Just <laughs> There's actually, there's actually like uh, six or seven different kinds of insurance. Um, they're, I think they're kind of more like a progression through the years as, as the companies have adapted their products to suit and service their clients. They've come out with new kinds of insurance. So there's the term insurance, which I always equate to as like renting your house. Uh, you pay your rent, and when you move out, you don't have a house anymore, but you don't pay the rent there anymore either. Permanent insurance, there's numerous different kinds of permanent insurance. Uh, there's whole life, which is what a lot of people have been utilized, um, especially in the uh, lower income brackets. It's a, a lower cost, um, although it has a lower benefit amount as well. And then there's universal life, and there's indexed universal life, and variable universal life. Um, there's quite a few, but that's why you have to sit down with a professional. You can ultimately go onto a website for a provider if you really want to, and you know try to research it out yourself and pick a product that you think might be suitable for you. But ultimately, it's really difficult to understand all the different kinds of insurance and what is actually correct for you. Because just because your uncle next door has a term insurance doesn't mean that that's right for you. Every single person is completely different. Their needs are different. You know, I have, a, I have an insurance policy and so does my son, but our policies are completely different, written by different companies and everything. So every single person is different, which is why it's, again, extremely valuable to sit down with someone who is in the industry, licensed, knows what they're doing, can run some kind of a financial review on you specifically and custom build um, what you should, you know, what you need. And you don't always have to, you know, if you're sitting with the right person, they shouldn't be like saying you have to do all of these things. You need to do what's comfortable and what fits in your budget, obviously, you know. Um, and then, you know, not, not just life insurance, other, other eggs in the basket, as I was talking about before. Yes. And, and honestly, Jen, I remember this the first time we sat down. One thing I've always admired from you was the, the level of honesty and care that you have for your clients. So for Thank someone you. who's on the, the fence about getting life insurance, what advice would you would you recommend i mean i know you brought up how there's different types but there's someone who's who's just on the fence and just trying to wonder is this something that's really needed or is this something that i should do like what 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 would you advise yeah that's a great question because i i mean there are people out there who 
may be in a circumstance where they might feel and possibly even look on paper like they don't need life insurance at all. You know, they're, they don't have any kids, maybe they're not married, they don't own a house, which ultimately says they don't have any, a whole lot of financial responsibility once they pass away and such. Um, but one of the unknowns that people don't, a lot of people don't know about is living benefits policies. There are some new policies out there um, that provide income to us when we don't die, <laughs> right? Say, you know, and this is really high, like one every four seconds, someone's having a heart attack. Um, there's strokes and cancer is being diagnosed. People are having car accidents and, you know, being unable to do anything for months or even years after the accident. What do you have, what do you do when you have those kinds of incidences? You know, we have small amounts that come from life insurance policies, but most of those pay the doctor bills. They don't pay to, you know, pay your rent or put food on the table and make sure that you can, you know, if you're bedridden, you can at least have a cell phone to call your friend, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the basic bills. Um, so, you know, cause I do, I have a client and he is, he's, he's like that. He has no responsibilities. He doesn't have any debts and he's like, I don't have anyone that I need to leave anything to. And I'm like, yeah, well, what happens if you have something to you and you don't die? We have plans that can protect you and your income and keep you going forward. And, you know, because even if you don't have any debts right now, if you have a heart attack and you're out of work for a year, you're going to have some debts when you're done. You know, heart attacks are expensive. <laughs> yeah. They take sounds, a long time sounds, to recover. Yeah. So, you know, life insurance is used for a lot of other things now besides just um, legacy, you know, passing it on to our future generations. But then if you want to look at that side too, you know, because some people, I've I had a couple of clients, which for me, I can't fathom. Like I would always want to leave my son in a much better position if I can. And the cost of an insurance policy is so minute compared to what my son will receive when I pass away. It's like a no brainer to me, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking like overall, like, you know, a couple hundred dollars so that my son can receive a couple hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, um, I have people, they go, well, you know, I don't need help with like with estate planning. Because I also work in making sure that people have their wills and trusts set up, and they're like, "Well, I don't have an estate. I don't have. I don't own anything." And I'm like, "Well, I can help you create that through the use of some of these programs. You know, you can leave a legacy for your children. Uh, there's so many different reasons, um, but I would definitely say the people who are on the fence. A, if they have children, um, I'm gonna like beat you over the head and say you're irresponsible if you don't leave. You know, if you leave debt and anything behind for your children that's in a negative way, because our, our world is negative enough and financially difficult enough <laughs> that we shouldn't be leaving things like that for our children. And then, you know, if you don't have children or someone that you want to leave a legacy to, you got to look at that side of what if you don't die? You know, I always tell people that what I do will help you if you die too early or if you live too long, or if you get sick in the middle. It helps in all three of those areas. Oh my. 
So that if, if if someone right now is listening to this and you're not inspired with Jim just Jim just said here, trust me, when it, I, I I was one of those components because I was like, man, life insurance and it's another cost. But then when I thought about it and just the conversations we had and, and just the reality you brought it to, I was I said, you know what, this is the right thing to do. Even if um if anything, you leave leave it for the kids if well, once I pass away or just the, the permanent aspect, the fact that, just the fact that you're able to look at it and you, like I said, you, you're, very, you're very honest with it. So having life insurance, it's, um, it, may, it made me think differently to where it's not just about, it's not just about now, it's about later too. And I think Walt Disney started his, uh, he started his business, Walt Disney World, by um, using his life insurance. So the fact, the fact that you illustrated all the importance of life insurance and this being life insurance month. So that's why I was like, you know what, Jen would be the perfect person because she has the passion to help people with it. And she's very honest. So if you don't like her honesty and, you know, her passion and hey, that's on you, but you need, you need someone like that, especially when it comes to, <clears throat> when it comes to money a lot of people are not honest when it comes to money and they're living in a what, what i think dave, dave ramsey calls la la land so you need someone that's just going to not sugarcoat it for you and just be completely honest so jen thank you very much for bringing that value and the the importance of life insurance absolutely what i'm dedicated to <clears throat> Well, Jen, thank you very much for coming to the show. And I wanted to ask you, you, you mentioned you know, you're a reader. So what's one, let's, let's, start, let's break it down. Business book, finance mm -hmm. book, and. Oh <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite business book? Oh, well, and actually I'm about to start reading it for the third time because uh, the, fourth quarter of the year is always the biggest month of the year in my industry. Um, it's a book called The 12 Week Year. Oh, and it's how to accomplish an entire year's worth of stuff, like normal 12 month year in 12 weeks. Okay, that's by Brian, is it Brian Moran? <laughs> yeah, I don't know I'll find that in front I'll of me. That. I'll find that. And what the, <laughs> What what's someone that you would recommend as far as because mentorship doesn't always have to be someone that's nearby you. It could be someone that you get from a book or even someone you follow. Uh, who would you recommend as far as finance? Someone who wants to learn how money works that you recommend they should follow. <laughs> well, my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously you you won. <laughs> um. I honestly, um, there, God, there are so many of them out there. You know, some of them are very specific to products, you know, like the retirement miracle book is a really good one that talks specifically about how to utilize some of the products that we were talking about today. Um, reading uh, Tony Robbins book on money was yeah, literally, I was like, wow, he, he's talking about the exact same stuff as we are. And that was actually before he came to our company and did a whole mentoring for us at our company, which I was like, oh my God, yeah, we're all in the same wavelength, you know, just making sure that we can go out there and help people no matter how much 
money they have in the bank. You know, I can yeah. help someone whether they've got $50 or 50 million anywhere in between. Um, and right now we've got a lot of people that are going, well, I don't even have $50. And I'm like, okay, well, let's sit down because I do have some programs that can help lower people's bills right now. You know, so there's, there's so much, um, another finance book. I have to, I'd have to get up and go look at my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we know we're going to put Jen, your book in as number one. That's going to be <laughs> recommended. Yeah. And that was, it's just a basic, you know, like I said, it's not like super in-depth because it's difficult to, you can't tell, like I said, because everyone is different, you really need to sit down with somebody. And I do emphasize that over and over again. And it doesn't have to be me, but of course it can because the advent of Zoom nowadays, but you need to sit down with someone because each of the aspects in my book there can be they can be so very different for each person so the book itself is just kind of to give you an overview educate you on the rules of the money game you know because if you don't know the rules how are you going to win the game yes it's like monopoly right exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you very much jen i uh, so the i learned a lot I mean, it's always good when people come on the podcast, you get to learn a little bit more about them, um, things that you may have not known. And the fact that you, know, you had a, a failing business, a business that failed, um, but you learn from that by getting mentors and getting courses and education. You being a big component of education help, help, your, help better you as a well-rounded and improve your skill sets. Because you probably didn't have certain skill sets before, that once you got that education, now you got you learn so much more. To the point now, if you see those those um, those red flags, you already know how to navigate them. So the fact that you brought up education that was big, insurance, the different types of life insurance out there, and how there's permanent life insurance and there's term life insurance, um, and then you brought up the living benefits. I think that was a game changer. You talk about well, later on, but what about now? And you mentioned how, you know, what you do now, what you do, let's say you get sick and what you do later on, you have three, you have three parts where you can lend your expertise and help someone there. Uh, you talked about estate planning, the importance of that. There's um, celebrities that passed recently that didn't have an estate planning and now it's all up, it's all up in the air right now. So that's, that's another thing that was, I thought that was very interesting. And then we talked about the future generations and how this could be something that can, because life insurance, you, you can pass this down from generations to generations. So the fact that you illustrated that and you brought those key points, thank you very much, Jen. And I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast and really um, bringing in the value that you did today. Absolutely, Thank you for having me. Awesome. So until the next time, Jen, hope and have a good one. And to everyone else out there, uh, this is this month is life insurance month. So sit down with someone. And actually, Jen, one to make where people can find you. Uh, my website is deluxefinancialgroup.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Deluxe Lifestyle Strategies. And I'm on Instagram at Jen Fitzgerald underscore money. Because I'm money lady. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to money lady. So we have 
So um, until next time, Jen, thank you very much. So we know where you can find her. Check her out on Facebook, Instagram, and also her company. I'll put that in the show notes. So again, Jen, thank you very much. Until next time, everyone, have a good one.